Hey, well, I'm going to do something a little bit different this morning. I'm not going to butter you up with a funny story uh, before we hop into our text. In fact, this morning we're going straight to the Word of God. Uh, and so we're going to open up the Word. But let me tell you something about the Word of God this morning. Listen, every time we open the Word of God, this is a doorway to eternity. And so I really want to encourage you as you open the Word this morning and incline your heart and ears to the Lord, uh, then I want to encourage you just uh, to grow your faith and grow your hope this morning. So we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 8, verse 40 to 56. That's a lot of verses. So if you haven't read your Bible in a while, it's okay. I got you covered. We're going to do a long journey this morning, all right? Uh, so before we do that, in fact, why don't we pray? Father, we thank you this morning that you are the rock of ages. Lord, we thank you for that song and we affirm those words. Lord, you're the God of David. You're the God of Moses. You're the God of Isaac. You're the God of Mary. And Lord, this morning, you're the God of your people. And so this morning we come, bend it on humble knees and we say, Lord, would you have the honor? Would you have the praise? And would you have all the glory in Jesus' mighty name? And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, if you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and grab that or you can follow along on the screen. Luke chapter 8, verse 40 to 56, it says this. Now, when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind Jesus and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. What do you mean who touched you? Jesus said, Someone touched me for I felt the power go out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told them why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Verse 49, while Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe and she'll be healed. When he arrived in the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John and James and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She's not dead. She's asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, Talitha kum, my child, little girl, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. God bless the reading of his word this morning. You know, my, my daughter and I, uh, my little daughter, she's about four years old. She's the cutest little thing. We love this story. In fact, we were looking through the Bible one time and she found this story. In fact, my favorite story is the woman with the issue of blood. Her favorite story is the story of Jairus and the daughter. And in fact, we got so invested into the story one night at Bible time, at story time, that she got so invested in, okay, I've got to confess, this was not initiated by me. You know I'm crazy costal, but my child's like crazy costal. She's Pentecostal to the core. She went, she grabbed her teddy bear, she started lining them up on her bed, and she goes, Daddy, I'm going to pray like Jesus prayed. And so she goes along and she says, in the name of Jesus, little teddy bear, get up. And she went along the line. She started praying for them. In fact, she got a bit too crazy. She started whacking them really hard. And then we had a healing service. She was praying for them to get healed. Some of them came up speaking in new tongues. Other of them came up speaking in strange voices. And no word of a lie. She, she learned this herself. She goes, 
come out in the name of Jesus. We were so invested in the story. We loved it. We were laughing so hard and we were just enjoying God's word together. We were enjoying the presence of God. But all of a sudden, the most subtlest thing came out of her precious little mouth. Something that cut me to the core. She said, Daddy, it's my turn. I'll be the little girl who dies and you be the dad. That cut me to the core. How many people know that truth is palatable until it becomes relatable? See, we were, we were so invested in this story. We, we began to read through the story and I found my, and in fact, what I wanna tell you this morning is as I went back to the word, as I went back to the story, I'd found myself in the place of Jairus. In fact, I, I found myself experiencing the emotions and the weight of his story. I found myself in the place of a dad believing Jesus for a miracle for his little girl. And I wanna give you the title of the message this morning. The title of my message is Barriers to Faith. Everyone say Barriers to Faith. Barriers to Faith. See, as I journeyed through Jairus' story, what I was confronted by in his journey was many barriers he faced. Barriers, in fact, which if he had allowed it to, would have hindered him, would have deterred him, would have crippled him, would have hindered him from his faith in God and seeing this miracle take place. In fact, this morning, I wanna say to you that Jairus overcame obstacles and barriers to his faith that we all face when it comes to faith in God, that we all face when it comes to trusting in God. See, the first barrier I see when Jairus is confronted, he is confronted with the barrier of position. See, verse 42 tells us that Jairus is a synagogue leader. In other words, he's a man of reputation, he's a man of stature, and he's a man of influence. If anything, this man needs to uphold his reputation. He has a title to preserve and a view of others to maintain. His position means that he can't afford to slip up. He can't afford to be seen near or even with Jesus, let alone in this moment being seen pleading at the feet of Jesus. See, what Jairus truly faces when he came to that position, the barrier of position is one we all face. It's the wrestle against pride. See, Jairus, in fact, the, the position, the barrier of position is, will I allow my position, my reputation, my comfort to get in the way of me pressing into God? Let me ask you this morning, have you got into a place where you're living out of your own strength, your own ability, your own wisdom, your own effort, living out of your own will, plan and purpose for your life? Because friend, I wanna to suggest to you that perhaps this morning, what you've found yourself pressing up against is this barrier of position. Friend, you're wrestling with this idea of pride. See, pride says things like this. I don't need God because I'm doing fine on my own. I know better. I can do it on my own. Look what I have built for my life. See Proverbs 16 verse 18. We know and love this verse well. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit goes before a fall. The truth is this this morning. Pride at its heart exalts oneself above God. See Jairus, a man of position, comes before Jesus and now needs to take on the position of humility where he lays down every bit of pride, throws it all aside and in desperation cries out and pleads for the help of Jesus. Let me encourage you this morning, lay down every bit of pride and effort and your own ability, your own buildings, whatever you've built for your life and take up the position of humility. 1 Peter 5 verse 5 to 7 says this, be clothed with humility for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares about you. The barrier of position. 
The second barrier I see this gyrus come up against is the barrier of tradition. See, what you've got to understand is culturally, traditionally, and more so for this man who is a synagogue leader, he comes against the barrier of tradition. So you've got to understand that you do not bow in the society. You do not bow your knee before any but God. Friend, I want to suggest to you, what did Jairus see in Jesus? See, Jairus here in this moment lays it all down. He surrenders before Jesus. He gets on his knees and he pleads to God. Here's the truth this morning. Tradition will always disable you from pressing into God. See, what does tradition look like for us today in the 21st century? Can I suggest that perhaps tradition for us looks like faith lived on autopilot? See, the truth is this. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. I love to play worship songs in my car. I bout out the lyrics. I get to the bridges. I hit heavy on those bridges. I like to sing those things so loud. In fact, I love to tune my uh, radio to my FM Sorry, Life FM, Life FM, not flavor in my FM. I'm not about that life anymore, right? I got saved, surrendered it to Jesus. Um, but I love to bout out those worship songs. But here's the difference. Here's what I find myself often doing. I'll start to worship and I'll recognize the weight, the value and the meanings of the words that I'm singing. But then how many people know that you start to shift from worshiping God to just singing another song? You start to shift from adding weight, value, and meaning to the words that you sing to just singing another song, to trying to harmonize the best that you can. Come on, somebody. See, often things in our life with God without weight, value, and meaning become religious activity over relational intimacy. Let me say that again, because that was better than it preached, right? Listen, often things in our life with God without value, without weight, and without meaning become religious activities over relational intimacy with Almighty God. Let me ask you this morning, where in your life have you started to live your faith out of words and actions that no longer appreciate the weight, the value, and the meaning of what you're doing? Let me ask you, has time in the Word, has coming before God in worship, has serving Him, has praying become another religious activity over relational intimacy with Him? See, I love this. I love the moments that our service is built to. If you don't know, uh, we're unashamedly about reaching the lost. Listen, every single service, we come to the end of the service and we say, we give an opportunity for people to respond to the gospel, to come into relationship with God. But can I challenge you and ask you this morning, are you clapping for those people out of tradition or does salvation still hold weight, value and meaning to you for today? See, we can clap as much as we want, but does that hold weight, value, and meaning? Think of the time that you gave your life to Christ. Think of the time that you put your hand up to say yes to Him. Think of the weight, meaning, and value in that moment and think, thank you, God, for that person in the service who just said yes to you, the barrier of tradition. The third barrier I see Jairus coming up against is this. It's the barrier of delay. Everyone say delay. So I can only imagine Jairus in this situation as a dad on the way in the path to seeing his little daughter get that miracle. And here's Jairus who finally gets his request to Jesus and all of a sudden along the way to his little girl, suddenly there's a delay. There's another lady who steps out, she grabs Jesus. Jesus all of a sudden turns his attention from going to that little girl to this, to the, to this woman in this moment. See, my thinking in my head would be like, if I was Jairus, I'd be like, lady, you've been bleeding for 12 years. My little 12-year-old daughter, she's dying. What's another 12 minutes of you waiting? Like, honestly, God was, God, uh, he found himself delayed. He's Jairus waiting, delayed on the road to breakthrough. See, I bet every single one of us this morning can relate and are familiar with delays in life. 
We're all familiar with the notion of waiting, waiting on people, waiting on your wife to get ready, waiting on visas, waiting on someone to make a decision on what to eat, waiting on promotions, waiting on unanswered prayers, waiting on healing, waiting on breakthroughs. Why is Jairus now waiting? See, Jesus allowed this divine interruption to take place in order to build his faith. Look at the parallel between the two stories. Here's a lady who's had an issue for 12 years. Jesus stops, he heals her. Jairus is watching. Jairus is believing for a miracle for his little girl who's 12 years old. What Jesus was doing in this divine interruption was allowing this thing to take place, allowing this miracle to take place so that it would build Jairus's faith to believe God to do the same thing for his daughter. Listen, a moment to build faith. The truth is, as friend, if you're waiting and feel delayed, waiting was ever meant and only meant to grow your faith. You got to understand this morning that delays are not denials. See, understand that your faith isn't built on outcomes. Friend, your faith is built on a faithful God. If He promised it, friend, you got to believe that He's faithful to fulfill it. See, God will bring things to pass in His perfect timing. He's a God who hears, He's a God who speaks, and He is a God who responds at the right time. The barrier of delay. The fourth barrier that I see Jairus come against is the barrier of death. See, in verse 49, it says this, while Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and said, your daughter's dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Can I ask somebody in the room this morning, maybe you've held a dream, maybe you've held a vision, a hope or an expectation. Once it was alive and you were in full pursuit of it, but now that dream, that hope and that expectation feels prematurely dead in its pursuit. See, I want to remind you this morning, John 11, verse 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Friends, you've got to understand this morning that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Wherever you experience death, friend, God wants you to experience his resurrection and his life. Friend, where you may have seen an end to something, something, God sees a new beginning. Where you may have seen an end to the road, God sees a new journey ahead. Where you thought the dream had died, come on somebody, God says, I'm breathing new life onto it. For I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. See, God is saying to us, friend, will you trust me? Will you allow my perfect will to be established in your life? It might look dead, but friend, and hopeless, but friend, he is the God of hope. So you gotta understand this morning that it is only by death and only by the experience of death that we experience and see him as the resurrection and the life. The fifth, uh, the fifth barrier that Jairus comes up against, and if the keys would jo join me, is this. You got good news for you this morning. Short, sharp, and quick message. <laughs> the fifth barrier that he comes up against this morning is this. The barrier of unbelief. Luke chapter 9, verse 25, or 52. Luke chapter 8, verse 52 to 53. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She's not dead, she's asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. Friend, have you allowed unbelief to creep up in the God expectations, hopes, and dreams that you have for your life? So you can probably think of people in your world, in your life, who you don't go to and you don't allow to come to you because you're like, man, if I get into a conversation with that person, it's gonna be life-taking. You can probably think of those people in your life that you're like, man, that person's straining. I need to walk on the other side of the room. No one here because we're a family and we're a community, right? But then on the other hand, you can think of people who refresh your soul. You can think of people who bring wisdom to and clarity to the things that which you ask. You can think of people in your world 
who leave you feeling fulfilled and last uh, and, and a lasting feeling. See, sometimes it's not your unbelief. Sometimes it's the unbelief of the people that you surround yourself with. See, Jairus and that little girl were surrounded by people. But friends, you've got to understand, those people didn't carry faith to see the miracle take place. Let me ask you this morning, are there people in your world that are holding you back from stepping into what God is calling you to do? See, here's the challenge for all of us as it was for these people. Which one are we? Are you a carrier or are you a barrier? Are you a carrier of faith this morning or are you a carrier of a, a barrier of unbelief? Friend, when people come to bring their God-given dreams and destinies and purposes before you, do you build them up and encourage them or do you tear them down and bring them down? Friend, are you a carrier or are you a barrier? Are you life-giving or are you life exhausting? I love this verse. It tells us about the faithfulness of our God. 2 Timothy 2 verse 13 says this, if we are faithless, God remains faithful because he cannot deny who he is. He cannot deny himself. Friend, how do we grow a big faith this morning? By understanding that our faith is in a big God. See, at every turn and every, every turn of Jairus' story, he faced barriers. He faced the barrier of position. He faced the barrier of tradition. He faced delay. He faced death and he faced unbelief. How many people know that he could have given up? Every barrier he could have given up and said, no, I'm not gonna press through. But what do we see? We see him with the miracle insight. We see him believing God for breakthrough. We see him pressing through and keeping the faith. Friend, let me tell you, on the other side of what we're journeying through is eternity. Let me encourage you on our pursuit of eternity, don't lose faith. Keep believing. Know the one that walks with you. Friend, the only reason why Jairus was able to walk through these barriers was because Jesus walked with him every step of the way. Don't lose heart. Keep believing. Come on, I believe that's for somebody this morning. Don't lose heart. Keep believing. Keep the faith. Jesus walks with you. I'll finish with this. So I had to ask the question, if Jairus' daughter was really dead, then why does Jesus say that this little girl was only sleeping? And in fact, the answer is found in what Jesus does next. See, Jesus sits down beside the girl. He takes her by the hand and he says, little girl, wake up. In fact, in the Aramaic, in the original language, he says, Talitha kum, Talitha kumi. Talitha means little girl, but it doesn't truly give us a representation of what Jesus is saying. See, Talitha is a word of intimacy, a diminutive endearment, as if a mother speaking to her child. She, what he's saying is, my sweetie, my honey, my darling. Kumi, better translated, means arise. See, what Jesus is doing is what a child's parent would do on a sunny morning. He sits down, he takes her by the hand, and he says, Talitha kum, honey, my sweetie, my darling, it's time to get up. And she does. Can I prophesy this morning? It's time to get up. Come on, somebody. Sons and daughters of the Most High. It's time to get up in the name of Jesus. And friend, as you believe God at His Word, you'll rise up. Come on, you'll rise up on wings of eagles. You'll run and you'll not grow tired. You'll walk and you'll not grow weary. Talit takum, sons and daughters. It is time to rise up in the name of Jesus.
See, Jesus in this encounter and by His action is saying this. Friend, what He's saying is, if I have you by the hand, death itself is nothing but sleep. Sweetie, darling, honey, it's time to get up. If I have you by the hand, death is nothing but sleep. See, Jesus in this moment is displaying both His power and authority over death. But more than that, He shows us His heart, His grace, His care, His compassion, His empathy and His grace towards this little girl. But friend, He shows that towards us, His children, His sons and His daughters this morning. If Jesus has you by the hand, death itself is nothing but sleep. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. Hallelujah. Father, I want to pray for you guys this morning. If you've come up against the opposition of barriers of faith, friend, perhaps for you it's the barrier of position, tradition, delay, death, and unbelief. Friend, I'm just going to declare this over you. Talitha Kum, sons and daughters, it's time to get up. Father, where we've come into opposition of these barriers, Lord, we remember you, the one who was, the one who is, and the one who is still to come. God, as we read this word and we read this memory of the thing which you did, the memory, the miracle which took place, God, we have faith and belief that you would do it again in us, oh God. Lord, I pray that there'd be that there's people in this room, God, who are on the fringe of giving up. Lord, I declare over them that they would not give up, that they would not stop believing, that they would hold true to the faith which you've called them to, O oh God. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that they would remember that to the very end, you never leave us, you never forsake us. Lord, you're walking in step with us every single day in Jesus' name. So God, I pray, help us in our belief. Grow us in our faith, we pray in Jesus' name. Still with every head bowed and every eye closed. Friend, as I said, we never like to finish without giving you an opportunity to come into relationship with God. We never like to finish without giving you that option to say yes to Jesus. Friend, if anything, throughout this service, this is the main thing that we've been building to. Perhaps this morning you don't know Jesus and you want to know Him. Perhaps this morning you want to come into that relationship with God. Friend, maybe you once knew Him, but you know that you've walked away from Him and your life doesn't reflect the relationship that you were created for. See, the truth is this this morning. You were created for life and life in abundance. You were created on purpose and for a purpose. Friend, you were created for relationship with God. But the reason we don't experience these things is because of this word called sin. Sin is this. Sin is to go about life on our own way. Sin is to choose our way above God's way. In fact, the Bible says that the penalty of sin, the penalty that we deserved is death. Friends, you and I were dead in our sin, but our gracious and loving Father, He didn't want to leave us in that place. So what did He do? He sent His Son who walked holy and blamelessly to a cross. He took the the penalty that you and I deserved, death and death on a cross. Friend, and to His last breath, He was thinking of you and I. So this morning, I want to invite you Come on, the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that He's Lord, you'll be saved. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to count down from three. And if that's you, if you're saying, I want to come into relationship with God, I want to say yes to Him this morning. All you need to do is lift up your hand and I'd love to include you in a prayer. So here we go. Three, God loves you. He has a purpose, a call, a destiny, a design for your life. Friend, you're no accident this morning. Two, the Lord is speaking and knocking, standing at the door of your heart, saying, would you let me in? One, friend, if that's you this morning, if you want to be included in this prayer, would you mind just giving me a little wave? 
You can lift up your hand nice and high so, it is, so that I know who it is that I'm praying for this morning. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're going to pray this prayer together. Church, as Pastor Delon likes to say, this, this prayer doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. So would you repeat this after me? Everyone say, Dear Lord Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Today, I turn from sin and turn to you. I give you my life, holding nothing back. Thanks to you, today is a new day and I'm set free. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said? Amen. Hey, come on, church. Why don't we celebrate?